You may have heard that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help us save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. You do that? Not anymore. <laughs> I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages. So no public feeds. And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay. Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh. <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. There's power in every purchase because every time we buy a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. And y'all know I love my lip bar products. That's just one to name a few. There is a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. Show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. That's right, y'all. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. That's right. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black-owned products you can add to your daily routine. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I said this before and I'll say it again. Giving birth is the closest you'll get to death. And I'm proof of that this fourth time around unfortunately but i'm here and i've been living to see another day so thank god for that that ass hey i'm kadeen and i'm deval and we're the ellises you may know us from posting funny videos with our boys and reading each other publicly as a form of therapy wait i make you need therapy most days Wow. <laughs> oh, and one more important thing to mention, we're married. Yes, sir, we mm-hmm. are. We created this podcast to open dialogue about some of life's most taboo topics. Things most folks don't want to talk about. Through the lens of a millennial married couple. Deadass is a term that we say every day. So when we say deadass, we're actually saying facts. 100. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. <laughs> we about to take Pillow Talk to a whole new level. Deadass starts right now. After Kadeen gave birth to Dakota, I remember saying to her, babe, if you feel any way in particular, you feel nauseous, headache, something don't feel right, open your mouth and tell me. And she was like, okay, babe, I got you. Fast forward about a week and a half later. Kadeen is walking in the house, and I'm just like, hey, baby, you all right? She's just like, yeah, I, just, I have a headache. And I'm like, well, how long have you had this headache? She said, I had a headache for a couple of days. So I'm like, all right, well, you know, I know sleep deprivation is real. Mm-hmm. And uh, you did just have a baby. So, you know, have you been drinking water? Have you been eating? And she's like, oh, I'm not sure if I've been drinking enough. And her mom and dad are here, both nurses. was like, yo, let me take your, your blood pressure. They take Kadeen's blood pressure. And Kadeen's blood pressure was running pretty high. You know, um, you're typically, you know. Yeah, I'm one, like the a one, 118 over 64. 64. Yeah, like that's yeah, typically. My entire your, pregnancy too. So at this point, her blood pressure was, at home when we took it, it was about 140 something over 80 something and this Mm -hmm. was after you had took some Tylenol and I remember your dad was just like uh 
you know, they won't admit you if your blood pressure isn't super high. All they're going to do is send you back home. And I was agreeing with him. I was like, you know what? Maybe we should just set an appointment for tomorrow so you can go to the doctor. But you should call Takia and ask her. And you was like, I already spoke to Takia. Takia was like, I think you should go to the ER. Yeah. And I was just like, well, if Takia says we go into the ER, we go into the ER. At the same time, I had to take Jackson to basketball practice. So Kadeem was just like typical black mom mode. <laughs> oh, babe, you could take him to basketball practice first and then you can come back. So I was like, all right, cool. That'll take me 10 minutes. Then she said, well, what time is it? I said, oh, basketball practice is at 7. It'll be done at 8. And then she was like, well, what about sisters? Sisters come on tonight. I don't want you to miss sisters. I'm like, Kadeem. I'm not worried about this damn TV show. And your stylist was coming to style you for the Soul Train Awards. Right. All of, <laughs> all of this, all of this mm-hmm. was happening. Meanwhile, Takia was like, uh, send me pictures of your feet because my feet were swollen. Mind you, they went down after I had Dakota, but they were back up again. Mm-hmm. And um, the headache mm-hmm. and the blood pressure. So mm-hmm. I said, we're not going to do none of that. I'm going to drop Jackson to practice. I'm not staying the whole time, and we're going to the hospital. We get to the hospital. I'm in there for about 15 minutes. They, they, they check her or whatever. They come back out, and the nurse looks at me and says, Mr. Ellis, we're going to have to admit your wife. I was like, why? What's the matter? Your blood pressure at that time was 175 mm-hmm. over... 98. 98. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, is she going to be okay? And she was just like, we hope so. I sang this song before. But I'm going to sing it again because it's the truth. Mm-hmm. It's a song that I proposed to Kadeem too. Oh. I love that song. Even though it seems I have everything, I don't want to be a lonely fool. All of the women, all the expensive cars, all of the money don't amount to you. And I can make believe I have everything, but I can't pretend that I don't see that without you, girl, my life is take a break and we'll be back this show is sponsored by better help listen y'all losing two loved ones in a matter of six months it can be a lot and a lot of times when you're dealing with grief you have a lot to get off your chest with your family that's absolutely right you know people carry around all different types of stresses big and small when you keep them bottled up it can start to affect you negatively And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to kind of figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deadass today to get 10% off your first visit. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deadass. Hey, what's good, y'all? I think it's important for you to understand why black representation in media is important. It's important because the media represents how people view us. And it's important that they understand that black people are not a monolithic people. That is a fact. And the next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truth. Black Stories, Black Truth is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. 
In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you, you know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's that's kind of weird. You do that? Not anymore. <laughs> I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages. So no public feeds. And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay. Babe. Did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh. <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. All right, ladies, let's be real. Who here actually enjoys shaving their legs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so. And get this. Near, yes, near, the OG that I used for years has now leveled up. And they have these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell amazing. My personal favorite, coconut oil and vitamin E because it's gentle on my skin. And down to the body cream, rich cocoa butter and vitamin E body cream, which is a modern take on indulgent and classic femininity. Okay, it works in as little as three minutes, no nicks, no cuts, and the smooth skin lasts days longer than shaving. Nair's new sensational shower and body creams are free of all those nasty chemicals so you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin. Have a me-time moment with Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. So I'm going to jump back into story time to just give you all a little bit of my perspective of what was happening. Um, because I think a lot of times us moms, um, black moms in particular, we just keep it moving. We keep it pushing. We may feel a thing or two and disregard it as, oh, it's just a little something. Oh, I'm going to sleep this off, which is some of the worst things that we can even think about doing um, when we don't feel 100% our best. Now, at first, when I felt the things I was feeling, I literally just chalked it up to, girl, you just had a baby nine mm -hmm. days ago. So you're going to be feeling the things, right? You may have a headache because you're breastfeeding. Are you drinking enough water? Sleep mm -hmm. deprivation, like DeVal said. Um, there's so many reasons as to why I could have had a headache. Um, but the headache was persistent over like the course of a day or two, taking Tylenol, wouldn't really, it would maybe dull the pain a tiny bit, but it was like a pounding, throbbing that I had in the same spot. And um, sleeping it off wasn't working at this point. And my midwife at this point, had she had gone back home. She left home on like the Sunday. Mm -hmm. I was having this, this tension headache, which is what I thought it was, Tuesday into Wednesday. And she was still touching base with me, which I loved, um, just to make sure that we were okay in her absence. So I mentioned this headache just leisurely in conversation with her. And she was like, oh, a headache. She's like, well, you know, you have to let me know when you have things like a headache. Same, Same thing DeVal said. So I said, girl, it's just a little headache. You know, I'm tired. You know, baby has me up. I have the three boys, DeVal. Like, it's just a lot going on. Um, and she said, you know, anything else you're feeling? She said, any swelling? So it's like she knew the questions to ask. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, yeah, my hands and my feet are a little swollen. Um, they've gone up more since I've had Dakota. And she said, uh, when's the last time you checked your blood pressure? Are you having any pain in your upper abdomen, under your rib? Like very specific questions. So I said, no pain in my abdomen, no nausea. She said, do you have blurred vision? Are you seeing spots? Um, I said, no. I do feel a little groggy, but I think it's maybe just the headache. So she says, your mom there? Tell her to check your blood pressure. So my dad gets the blood pressure cuff. He has an electric one. And we check it with the electric blood pressure machine. And it was 165 over 101, right? So I'm like, oh, this is clearly not wrong. You know, sometimes these electric things don't right. work properly. Oh, not right. This, you know, it's not right. Um, these, you know, machines don't work sometimes. So my mom got the manual blood pressure cuff. And at this point, it was like 145 over 95, which was still very high for me. My entire pregnancy, my entire life, all pregnancies, I've always had stellar blood pressure. So this is very not Kadeen. So at that point, Takiya said, I think you need to go to the ER just to get checked out. Blood work urine things like that 
she didn't seem alarmed. So I kind of just took it as, oh, okay, well, at some point I can get to the hospital or the doctor or somewhere so they can check me out further. Um, but then she was a little bit more persistent. She said blood pressure is one of those things that, you know, can just very in spur of the moment elevate or drop and it can cause things like seizure, stroke, death, <laughs> you know. So at that point I was like, all right, you know, I still feel okay. I can manage. Um, Deval has his stylist coming to the house. I want to see what he's wearing to the Soul Train Awards. Jackson has basketball practice, dinner. Um, it's Wednesday for sisters. Like there's things happening today. So I, I'll eventually get there maybe tomorrow. But then something in me was just like, you know what, Kadeen, I think you should just go get checked out. I was also thinking about Dakota, nursing, breastfeeding mm -hmm. exclusively now. So how am I going to feed him in the ER? I'm not taking him to the ER where there's still COVID and all the things happening. Um, but something just told me to go. Um, so Deval got me in the car, went to the ER, um, was in triage. My blood pressure at this point was 175 over like 98. Um, they instantly took me to the back. Instantly. And started me with an IV. Like there were a couple of people rushing in. So I'm like, oh, this is something serious at this point now. Um, and they called down a doctor from the OBGYN unit. And she pretty much told me, you know, Ms. Ellis, we're afraid that you are showing symptoms of postpartum preeclampsia. And um, I didn't even know that was a thing. I was like, what is that? <laughs> what is postpartum? Like, you hear about it during pregnancy. pregnancy. Yeah. You hear about it during pregnancy, but you ne never hear about it after. So she, at that point, was giving me some facts. And she said, up to six weeks after having a baby, you can experience symptoms or the signs of postpartum preeclampsia. And I totally did not know that was a thing. Um, Takia had kind of said that sounded like what I had, but she wasn't sure. But they pretty much at that point said I was showing the symptoms of that. And before I started to exhibit any more symptoms like the blurred vision or the pain um, under my rib cage, they wanted to make sure they got that under control. So they said they'd be admitting me to a labor and delivery unit. Um, instant tears. I'm in the back sobbing. Um, so the doctor's trying to console me. She was really sweet. And she said, you know, what are you worried about? Let me know how you're feeling. So I said to her, my baby, first and foremost, like I don't have him. I'm going to have to be in the hospital without mm -hmm. for, for how long, who knows how long. Um, you know, I'm, I'm still nursing. I just had that, that, that anxiety about leaving him. Wasn't even worried about myself at that point. You never typical are. mom. A typical mom, I guess. <laughs> I was more worried about my baby. And then I'm like, I have three other kids at home. My husband is going about to go film. He has, like, I'm thinking about everybody else. And she said, all that I'm sure will get taken care of, but I'm purposely putting you on a labor and delivery unit so you can bring your baby to the hospital here and he can stay with you and your husband can stay with you. So instantly I was feeling better. I said, okay, that makes me feel a lot better. She said, however, you're going to have to be on magnesium sulfate for 24 hours. She said, I just want to let you know that it's a pretty nasty drug. Um, you're not going to feel really great on it, but what it does is it, pretty much raises the threshold for you to potentially have a seizure. So if your blood pressure typically or is running, say, 200 over 100, for example, and that seizure level, what the magnesium sulfate does is it raises the threshold to maybe 240 over 130. So that way, if your blood pressure does happen to raise, you won't seize. You won't seize. So I, I said, great. And she said, and it may also help your blood pressure regulate and come back down as well. Um, at this point, I had a splitting headache. I, I, I never had a migraine before, but I feel like mm -hmm. that was probably migraine level headache. Um, they gave me a, a dose of the magnesium sulfate that was concentrated as I was leaving the ER because they were so concerned about my pressure. And at that point, I called the Val and told them I was going to be in this hospital. I didn't know how long. They said maybe for two or three nights um, until things were regulated, but I could bring the baby. So I had him pack Dakota up. My mom gave him whatever breast milk I pumped at home um, to hold him over till he got to me. And then DeVal came, of course, prepared to spend the night. And um, I was admitted on labor and delivery unit. I was watched around the clock. That magnesium sulfate, that concentrated version that they gave me, I felt super loopy. Um, I felt hot. I felt like, oh, my God, my baby's coming. How am I supposed to take care of him while being on this drug? Mm -hmm. um, but I also knew that that was concentrated. So what they gave me over the course of 24 hours after that was still had me feeling a little messed up. But at least I had to vow close by to kind of assist 
um, especially overnight with the baby. And um, it was a scary time for me. Um, I don't know if it was the sedation or what it was, but at some points, Deval had to leave to go, you know, either take the kids to and from school or to just go home and tend to some business. Um, and there were several moments that I was in that hospital room just like in tears because you hear so many times about moms having successful deliveries. And then a couple days later, some complication arose. Um, either Pulmonary they weren't being yeah, blood clots, aneurysms, just seizures, yeah, infections. There's so many, so many different reasons why things like that happen. So I was just literally in tears because I'm just like thinking to myself, A, what if I die in this hospital bed with my baby here? Um, I have four boys and a husband to get back home to. Like, I can't die. Um, but in the, that moment, you just feel so terrible. <laughs> That's probably the worst that I've ever felt after, uh, probably ever, the worst that I felt physically. Um, and then you're wondering about recovery. Then I'm wondering, is blood pressure and hypertension going to be a chronic issue for me now at this point after having, you know, the, the postpartum preeclampsia? Um, and then I had a really sweet nurse that came in. I think her name was Carlin. And she was actively, she was another sister. So she and I kind of vibed. And she was like, girl, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to find a way to get rid of this headache for you. So at first they were just giving me Tylenol or ibuprofen. Um, and they were, you know, giving me after every four hours or something. And then she said, I'm going to give you Tylenol. And then after an hour, give you ibuprofen and try to kind of see if the tag team will help to get rid mm -hmm. of that headache for you. Because I also felt like I couldn't function having this migraine. And um, that was the one thing that actually worked towards the end of the 24 hours. I didn't have the headache as much anymore. So I started to kind of feel a little bit better, though still groggy on mm -hmm. the um, magnesium sulfate. Um, my blood pressure was eventually starting to come down. Um, still not quite to my normal level, but it was at least reacting to the medication, which was a good sign. And the plan when I spoke to the doctors leaving or being prepared to be discharged was if my blood pressure was under control, I would be on one pill a day for mm. the next 30 days um, and then going to see them after that to be able to get a checkup and just see what the plan and course of action would be after that. Um, but in that moment. Well, it was the moment before that. I remember it when was just you said, I'm going to go take scary. a shower before I go to the hospital. And I came to the bathroom and you stepped out of the shower and I looked at you. And mm -hmm. I was like, what's the matter? And you just broke down and started crying. Mm -hmm. And you were like, I'm scared. Mm -hmm. And I was scared too. Mm -hmm. But once again, and I always talk about this, my body's not going through anything. In that moment, I can't show you that I'm scared. Mm -hmm. In that moment, I have to act as if everything is going to be fine and as if I know everything is going to be fine, even though I was thinking the same thing. I swear, I swear to God, Kani, I was like, is this going to be one of those moments where I take my wife to the hospital, I come back to check on my kids, tuck them in at night, and I get a phone call that my wife didn't make it. Mm -hmm. And that's why, like, like listen, like even singing Incomplete. Fuck. <laughs> I said this to you before. This shit does not work without you. Mm-hmm doesn't work and whenever you ask a woman to have your child it sounds cliche but it's a life or death proposition and you want it to always just be about life mm -hmm. but we know people who've lost their wife yeah you know mm -hmm. during labor and after labor so i'm trying to keep like a positive spirit on top of that our kids are very empathetic. Jackson is like, where you going with mommy? And yeah. I'm like, oh, she just, you know, going to get try, check up. trying to be, mm -hmm. you know, the rock. You know, mm -hmm. she's got to go get checked up at the hospital. She's going to be right back, bro. Yeah. And I wasn't expecting to have them check you in. And mm -hmm. so I was like, okay, she's going to be admitted. So now I got to come home and explain to Jackson why you staying in the hospital. Yeah. So during all of this time, I'm like, I'm walking around, you know, you know, you know, the body's body fine, right? But every ride from the house to the hospital, and I took several a day because mm -hmm. I went to bring Jackson to practice. Then I went check on you. Then I went back to get food. Mm -hmm. Then I, I got Dakota. Then I brought him back. Every ride, 
in between was like tears. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, it's going to sound fucked up. But I'm like, this woman better be okay. I'm going to fucking kill her. <laughs> That's all I kept saying to myself is, my wife is a thug and she better be all right. I was like, she better be all right. And then um, before I got into you, of course, you know, I always speak to the nurses. Cause I don't want to speak to them in front of you because I want to know the real. Mm-hmm. And the nurse said to me, you know, there what there is a chance that you could have your wife could have went to bed and seized in her sleep and you wake up and then she's no longer with you mm-hmm. you know there's there's so many things that happen with blood pressure and headaches mm-hmm. and when it comes to your wife it's like nothing else matters you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. except for the kids yeah and then when you're trying to be all in for your wife mm-hmm. and then you get a text from your son, it's like, hey, dad, you're going to do this. It's like, fuck. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. At that, in that moment, it was right. just like, what do I, what do I, I felt hope, helpless. Yeah. You know and what I'm saying? like, who's there for you too? Because I'm normally the one to be like, come here, right. bring it in, baby, bring it in, you know? But, um, but that one time you came to see me at the hospital, I think it was like the second day, I was definitely very sedated under the drug. I remember. And um, Dakota was asleep, I think, on me. And when you walked in, of course, it was a sense of relief because I always felt better when you were there. Mm-hmm. And I literally just had like tears. I think both of us were just yeah. like, oh, my God, what's happening right now? Yeah. Um, but I did speak to the doctor. So unexpected. And he he made me feel at ease. Mm-hmm. He was like, Mr. Ellis, when, like women go through this. Mm-hmm. She's on a drug that she won't seize. Mm-hmm. At that point, your pressure had went down and it was like in the low 180s mm-hmm. and he was like this isn't the danger zone mm-hmm. and i think it was like it was like one like 120 over 80 yeah which to me it was, was high for you but yeah, it was 130 over 80 was like a little high yeah and mm-hmm. he was just like 24 hours her pressure will be down she'll be able to go home and hearing from the doctor and they were great you know they were great and they the nurses great. it made me feel like i don't have to worry about mm-hmm. that mm-hmm but deep down inside, there's always that, you know, they always say, oh, everything is fine until it's not fine. And then it's like, well, what happened? Oh, there was a complication. I was going through all of that. And mm-hmm. I got to say this to you now and to all the listeners who are listening. When your wife says she has a headache or she don't feel good, don't hit her with the super mom answer. Oh, you're not the first woman to have a baby. You tired. Go take a nap. Mm-hmm. You really feel bad? Let's go get it checked out. Yeah. Because going to get it checked out in that moment is the only reason why you're here. Yeah. Because you and I both tend to do that. Oh, I'll be fine. Yeah. I'll take a time. I'll go to sleep. Oh, I'll be fine. I'll just go take a nap. I need to eat something. I know I do that as well. Mm-hmm. And black men are known for not trusting uh, the system mm-hmm. when it comes to medical professionals. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're known for saying putting things off because we don't want to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. But this moment was perspective for me. Right. Because I'm not a medical professional. Right. And here I am would have told my wife to lay down in the bed and take a nap. And then, then what? Right. That is You know true. what I'm saying? So that is true. I was upset at myself. I was even upset at you for a little bit because you said you had had a headache for a couple of days. Yeah. And I'm saying to myself, why do we let it get to a couple of days and now an emergency? Mm-hmm. We could have checked this beforehand. Right. And it's important for us to share because think about how many moms' lives were lost because they just felt like they didn't want to say something. Mm -hmm. They didn't want to nag. Right. And how many... Or they were just dealing with it. Just dealing with it. How many fathers were being tough guys? Because I know I've said to you before, and it's going to make me sound like a douchebag, but I've said this to you before, your mom had three kids. My mom had three kids. Mm Mm-hmm. You act like you're the only woman that had kids sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it 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 makes you realize, like, fuck. Like, how many times does a woman hear that and say, you know, I don't want to say anything because I don't want to feel like I'm not woman enough mm-hmm. to do this job. Right. And then don't wake up. We're not realizing that every pregnancy is legit different. Like, when people say that every pregnancy is different, every child is different, it's so true because... No two pregnancies are like in the same woman. Think about all the different routes that we've had over the course of three kids, four kids now. You have four kids now. Two kids were perfect, like ideal situations. Mm -hmm. And two 
the bookends were emergencies. One was emergency surgery to pre- prevent you from hemorrhaging, and the other one you had to get on magnesium to prevent you from seizing. Mm-hmm. Seizing. This is the same woman, four different kids. Right. And for this pregnancy in particular, it's not like we were doing anything out of the ordinary. You were in your best diet, your mm-hmm. best spiritual place, your best monetary space, or your best financial space. We were in the best space uh, emotionally. Mm-hmm. We've been connected. You were working out up until the last two weeks. So you literally did everything perfect. Right. And then for this to take a turn like that shows you that there's there's no answer for when it's going to happen and when it's not going to happen. Right. So I, I really want to let men know and women know when, when that woman says, hey, something don't feel right, don't take chances. Absolutely not. Especially... When it comes to pregnancy and like postpartum, um, it's estimated that up to 60% of maternal complications are preventable. And with preventable complications that result in death disproportionately affecting black women, the best way that we can save lives is by talking about our own experiences, like we are now, mm-hmm. um, with serious complications during and after pregnancy and childbirth. Um, so, the most common, so we throw around the, the, um, the term preeclampsia, that's pretty much when your blood pressure is elevated. And yeah. typically during pregnancy, from what I understand, it's due to the placenta. Yes. Um, and they, people who suffer from preeclampsia normally have uh, earlier babies. So they may yes. deliver early, um, probably by C-section because they want to get the placenta out. Um, so that's why it was something that kind of threw us for a loop because I'm like, okay, this is not based on a placenta because I no longer have my placenta. Right. Um, but my midwife said it can happen because of just hormonal uh, changes and it's important because uh, I remember I'm not sure if it was the nurse who was telling us or if it was the Kia, but there was a term she used. I think it was called toxema or mm-hmm. toxemia. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, but toxemia. what they were saying is when the the placenta is developing, sometimes the body sees it as a foreign object. Yes, and it rejects the placenta, which can cause these type of complications. Mm-hmm. Which means it doesn't matter if you're in perfect health or mm-hmm. you're in the worst health. Mm-hmm. If your body doesn't receive the placenta growing the proper way you can have uh, preeclampsia mm-hmm. and it can be an issue right so you should always look for the the signs right you know what i'm saying so that you, you can be prepared when something like this happens because like takia said your blood pressure is fine and everything is fine until it's not mm-hmm. and when you get to blood pressure and headaches it can happen in in a split, split of a second, second. Exactly. Exactly. So preeclampsia is um, a pregnancy complication characterized by high blood pressure and signs of damage to the other organ systems like the liver and the kidneys, which is why they were asking me if I had any kind of issues or pain, you know, under my rib cage, on my upper stomach, because I believe that's where the liver is. Um, It usually begins after 20 weeks of pregnancy in women whose high blood pressure is typically normal, which would have been me. Um, so if you leave it untreated, it could be fatal for the mom and the baby. That's why normally they'll have to take and the baby earlier, early. and then the baby would have to be in the NICU. Postpartum preeclampsia is a rare condition that occurs when you have high blood pressure or excess protein in your urine soon after childbirth. For me, it happened nine days after. Um, if you develop it within, most cases, people develop it within 48 hours after childbirth, which mm-hmm. why, which is why for me it was so different because it can develop up to six weeks after, yeah. but for me, it was, like I said, the nine days. Um, it requires prompt treatment. If you leave it untreated, it can cause seizures or other serious complications. Signs and symptoms are high blood pressure um, greater than 140 over 90. So if mine was in the house here at like yeah. <laughs> 180, when, what was it, 165 over 101, and then at the at hospital, point, yeah. 175 over 98, which is pretty high. Um, excess protein in your urine, severe headaches, which is what I also felt. Um, changes in vision, which is like a loss of vision possibly. Sensitivity to light is what I had. Yeah. Not necessarily blurred vision. Um, pain in your upper belly, under your ribs on the right side. Uh, shortness of breath, decreased urine or nausea and vomiting. So one thing they were checking for mm-hmm. was my urine output. <laughs> so I remember yeah. I, had, I had a little like bowl in the toilet yeah. that I had to peeing so if the valve came in came in before the nurses did he'd be like damn you peeing a lot <laughs> peeing is peeing they had you on iv so yeah we knew you were gonna you know yeah be, be and peeing you, they want to make sure that they're measuring how much urine you're expelling which is you know but but this is so. also another reason why i was so concerned about being present during the birth and immediately after the birth because you miss things when you're producing mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. 
when you're trying to create content or make a moment or manufacture a moment or capture a moment, sometimes you miss the moment. Yeah. And I know this time around, with us being older and you considered being, you know, geriatric, based on just your age, I just wanted to be aware. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to look in your eyes and not focus on anything else mm-hmm. but you, you know, mm-hmm. and I've noticed some people would be like, oh, you guys don't post as much or, you know, we haven't been able to see Dakota yet. Mm-hmm. And it's because we've been focusing on being alive. <laughs> that's You a know fact. what I'm saying? Like, that's a fact. And I appreciate that people are so invested in, in seeing us and being a part of the process. Mm-hmm. But it is also very important during these times to be in the moment. Mm-hmm. Like you can't capture and produce everything. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just got to live. Mm-hmm. And I honestly feel like if you and I weren't living and being aware of each other, we could have missed that. Yeah. And for if sure. you miss that, then you miss out on life. You're absolutely literally. Right. Think about it. I probably would have been capturing you having Cherie here, styling you for the award show. That was another layer to it. Devout was supposed to be leaving yeah. that Friday morning to go to New York for the Soul Train Awards. I knew I wasn't going to be attending, of course, because we just had the baby. Mm-hmm. And your mom was going, and I know she was super looking forward to being there mm-hmm. with you. And Deval was ready to shut the whole shit down and be like, I'm not going to New York. Yeah. And then, of course, me, I'm like, you have to go. Your mom is looking forward to it. I want her yeah. to experience that. You know, it'll be a nice moment for you guys, a nice moment for you to present your first time. Um, and Deval was like, hey, I'm not leaving you and until I, I know what is going on here. Right. And I didn't tell my mom purposely what you were going through because you know what she would have said? Stay here. Stay here. Exactly. You're not going. Exactly. I, I didn't tell my mom. I knew she would have been like, well, yeah. this, we're, not, we're not doing Soul Train. Mm-hmm. So Soul Train can wait. The train can leave without us. <laughs> Exactly we'll catch what, the next train. That's what she, exactly what she would have said. She There's another there, train. Wow. I know. And wow. then she ended up calling anyway. And I had yeah. to tell her where I was because she was just like, hey, babe, why are you, you know, checking on me? And I'm like, I'm in the hospital bed. Um, yeah. You know, so there were just so many things going on. But like like we Deval said, we could have missed something if we just weren't in tune. If I wasn't in tune with my body. if And I even reached out to my sister. And I was like, Sakari, what do you think? Yeah. Her being a nurse. And she's like, well... Zakia never overreacts. Ever. She's always level-headed, and she always. always gives the best advice, and she knows your body really well, and I think you need to go and do what she says and go to the ER because she, too, was concerned with my high blood pressure. So I'm glad that we did um, that in that moment because, like I said, I was able to live to see another day. <laughs> and I'm glad you're here. And days after. And I'm happy And I'm to be still here. watching you. Yes. Every day. You can ask yes, her every he day. Does. I set my alarm. Set my alarm. I wake up. Did you take your blood pressure medicine? Uh huh. What did you did you every check morning your blood 10 a.m. the alarm like, did goes you check off. Your blood pressure. <laughs> I'm on her like white on right. Look, look what he has down you. here. If you, y'all can't see, if you're listening, Devout got my blood pressure cuff right here. No I've been here like, look, put this on your ass. See me check that. And now, see, I'm like a nurse now because I know what to do. I like, know let me get that. I put that on. I'll be like, let me see that. Put that right. On. You like hold it up to your heart. Wow, I want to know. I call it in the middle of the day. I call, I'm like, how you feeling? I know. How your head feeling? What's your blood pressure? Oh, I ain't checking in a while. We'll go check it. Well, I got to stop what you're doing. Check your blood pressure. That's just what we're on right now. That's it. That's what we're on, literally. So once I was finally released, um, I told the vows, I like, go to the Soul Training Awards. We knew that I was going to be okay. We spoke mm-hmm. to the doctor. I felt confident. He felt confident that everything would be okay. Yeah. And I was like, you got to catch your flight to yeah. new york because crystal's waiting on you your mom was waiting on you y'all have to get this stuff done um teams a team all day every day <laughs> so i wanted to make sure that y'all were good um once you knew that i was good and of course i had my mom and dad here you know yeah. shout out to them for always holding down the fort so they had the kids in order um they were able to pick up dakota and i from the hospital i got back home and was able to rest so now y'all know the story because some people some people people who know us mm-hmm. it's like devout looks tired mm-hmm. right and just so you know soul train awards was Saturday. Saturday or Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Wednesday night, Kadeen got admitted to the hospital. I didn't sleep all day, Wednesday into Thursday. Mm-hmm. Woke up, came home, worked out, had some rehearsals, got the kids from school, went back to the hospital, made sure Kadeen had everything, came back home, did everything again for the kids at night, went, stayed in the hospital Thursday night, slept on that little ass, thin ass <laughs> mattress they have for me Thursday into Friday. I know. And then Friday morning I had to catch a 7 a.m. flight. Mm-hmm. Got got to uh New York. Had to do my fittings and everything for that Friday night. Sat Friday night I didn't sleep because I was ex- anxiety. Kadeen and I ended up um 
What happened Friday night? And we had an argument Friday night. You remember that? Yes, we did argue Friday night. We had an night. argument Friday I night. What it this, was this, about. Is another, this is another thing. Okay, we could in talk the midst about of my this. De- me being in my deathbed, the Val want to fight with me. No, me, you was picking <laughs> a fight. I, she, she's, I told her I didn't want to go. I said, I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm not going. Mm-hmm. Right? So then I go to New York to go to Soul Train. And I ended up meeting, um, I, can't, I can't talk about it because it's something that, that's going to come out later. Mm-hmm. I ended up meeting someone for a new opportunity. So I, I get back to my hotel room and I call Katina. I'm all excited. And she's just like, oh. And I'm like, what you mean by, oh? And then um, I had bought a new coat because being in Atlanta, it's not as cold as it is as it is in, in New York. So I went and got me a new coat because I'm back in New York and it's November. And I say, hey, you like my coat? And she's just like, I hope you're not wearing all that jewelry to no football game. And I'm like, yo, what is the matter First with you? First of all, you? Deval, I didn't say it with my neck and everything like that. Deval is putting 100 on 10, yo. 100 on even, 10? I couldn't even move my neck to be able to do any of that either because my head was hurting me. Kadeen. I literally just said, I hope you're not going to that football game with all that jewelry on. Kadeen, that's how you think you said it. You just admitted to the people that you was on mad medication and was loopy. Now you're going to tell me you were cognizant to know how your neck was moving? At this your point, neck I was, was moving off, with a headache. I was off the medication at this point, y'all. I was Lies. on medication at this point. Lies. I was of sound judgment at this point. I was no Lies. longer on no IV drip. I knew I was home. I knew what was happening. The IV was still coming down drip drip in your in your body. What you talking now, about? I was home at this point. I was Guys, home at this point. Kadeen was picking a fight with me because in her wanting to be supportive as a wife, she wasn't saying what she really needed. Because what you really needed was what? Say it. I wanted you to stay home with me. Thank you. And that's my point, right? <laughs> this is my point. When you need but something. But you had to go. When you need something. I was conflicted. No, 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 no. When you need something, you have to say what you need. You can't say what you think is right in that moment. Then when I do that, get upset at me because you're not getting what you need. Well, I mean, that's I like upset psychological at you. warfare, <laughs> yo. You're like a psychological terrorist. I really, it's not like I was upset with you. I wasn't upset that you were gone or there. I was just like, I still wanted you to be with me. So Absolutely. I felt sad in a little bit. You know Absolutely. What I mean? Because I wanted to like be back home after being in the hospital for three days. I wanted to be home and in bed and cuddling with you and you just weren't there and it was, was absolutely justified but but you yeah. feeling like that is absolutely justified mm-hmm. which is why when i ask you like your baby i'm gonna stay you should justifiably say how you feel not say what you think is right in the moment knowing you feel something different i know but then i don't i didn't want to take away like, everything was so much about me for the past You're saying no buts there's, there's no everything buts. has been about me for the past year with this baby i feel like so i felt like this was a moment where it was about you and it needed to be about you and i wanted you to be able to experience this for the first time so i put my feelings aside Yo. and i said babe i want you to go y'all see what i'm saying but i really wanted you Did, to stay didn't we just say here it's important <laughs> we, we just say it's important for women when they're feeling a certain way to be open and honest with their partner about how they feel, right? I know, but physically I, I was We can't try to tell people the, the proper way to do things so they have open lines of communication, but then you try to justify not doing that because of anything. All right. I don't want to hear anything about it. All right, sis, you understand me. what I'm saying, though? It's I was been gonna... about me, and I, and I almost died. Now it's supposed to be about you because I'm not almost dying anymore. That don't right. make no sense. I was on the brink, but I was recovering. Opportunities come and go, right? There would have been another opportunity. If I didn't do Soul Train, there would have been something else. But what you looked so fine in that turtleneck. Did I y'all did, see him in that white? The stop. turtleneck in the all white? Again. You better stop. Looking like a tall glass of cold milk. Almond <laughs> milk, though, because I don't drink regular milk. But he was cute. That's what it was. So guys. it was worth it. She saw me looking fly. It was worth it. And got all mags. I wasn't there. I still got that outfit. I'll put it on for that, you. I told you, put it on. I'll put it on for and you. And we can get it on. We can't get nothing on. What you going to do? Oh, I know what you're going to do. I got the countdown, all right? How many more days till? You got that gawk gawk 9,000, though. Well, I mean, you that's been milk. perfected. However, <laughs> <laughs> that took a turn. I hate you. That's I a good turn. Because I was, I was start trying to be mad at you and not telling me exactly <laughs> what it is that you needed in the moment. But here right. you are making jokes and making talking jokes about the gawk gawk. And so the countdown. I'm not mad no more. See, that's I mean, let's take a break because this, this went so left. Getting hot in here. This went so left. Stop, because my boobs are going to start leaking again. Oxytocin. See, <laughs> the oxytocin. Get away from me. We're going to take a quick break, y'all, because Deval <laughs> needs to cool off. We're going to go hose him down, and we'll move into listener letters after this. All right, ladies, let's be real. Who here actually enjoys shaving their legs? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so. And get this. Near, yes, near, the OG that I used for years has now leveled up. And they have these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell amazing. My personal favorite, coconut oil and vitamin E because it's gentle on my skin. And down to the body cream, rich cocoa butter and vitamin E body cream, which is a modern take on indulgent and classic femininity. Okay, it works in as little as three minutes, no nicks, no cuts, and the smooth skin lasts days longer than shaving. Nair's new sensational shower and body creams are free of all those nasty chemicals so you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin. Have a me time moment with Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. There's power in every purchase because every time we buy a black lead brand, we make room for another black lead brand. And y'all know I love my lip bar products. That's just one to name a few. There is a whole collection of black lead products that fit into your daily routine. Show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month. But all year long. That's right, y'all. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. That's right. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black owned products you can add to your daily routine. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast to live and die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back. Listen letter, letter time. Had to go cool off, but I'm back. <laughs> All right. Want me to do this first one? Go for it. Okay. What's up, guys? I need help, and I really feel like y'all will understand where I'm coming from. How do I have a baby after having a whole four, almost five-year-old? That was us. <laughs> my husband and I went uh, want to start trying soon for our second, and my daughter will be five in February. Our pregnancy was a little rough. I developed preeclampsia, there you mm. go, and had my daughter at 29 weeks. So oh, my husband and I were also nervous to think, to even think about me possibly getting pregnant again. This sounds almost like us with Jackson and yeah. you having to have stitches. Yeah. Mm. Um, well, now your girl is ready to get pregnant like yesterday, but I am so out of touch with what's it like to have a whole newborn. To be honest, what do toddlers even do anymore? <laughs> my daughter is ready for another sibling. Sis rolled up on me last month asking when... I was going to have another baby, but kids be asking. like They, they really do. Like they got something to do with it. <laughs> uh, but I'm a little nervous to start the whole process all over again. Can y'all give me some tips or advice that what worked for y'all with transitioning from one kid to two? I'm not as concerned about the age gap too much because my sister and I are six years apart. 
So I know what to expect when it comes to my daughter and her emotions. I'm the oldest, so I understand the responsibility of having a younger sibling. So are we both the oldest. Mm -hmm. But I don't know how my mama did it and needs some millennial encouragement. I know I have plenty of love to give to two kids. Yes, you do, mama. But I want to be able to make sure my daughter feels that way, too. Thanks for everything y'all do. We appreciate you, baby. You got an answer for her. Girl, go ahead, that baby. <laughs> go ahead, that baby. Go get, go get pregnant like yesterday, like you said. Um, I mean, again, one of those things, you never really prepared for it, to have your first child, your second child, your third child. I feel mm -hmm. like at the fourth, <laughs> by the fourth one, it's like one more added to the bunch. Like I said <laughs> right. in another episode, like it's just one more added to the bunch. Um, I don't think the five-year age gap, like you said, wouldn't be an issue because it's actually Jackson and Cairo are five years apart. And I know that Cairo and adore and Cairo and Dakota are five years apart. So Cairo adores everything. Jackson. Jackson. So I feel like your daughter um, already asking for a sibling is going to be great because she will then mm -hmm. be almost like a little mini mom to this new baby. And mm -hmm. that new baby would completely be in love with her and want to be so much like her, um, especially if you have another girl. Um, but I can see how the trauma around yeah. having preeclampsia and then having your daughter at 29 weeks can potentially make you feel like, man, we got over that obstacle. We're in the clear. She's five. We're good. And then it's like, damn, do I want to go back to that point again? Because we have felt that way after Jackson. So, well, remember right after Jackson, we said we weren't having no more kids. Right. We, after I, that whole I, episode. One, was like, I'm done. Like, I'm, I, if emergency surgery, you mm -hmm. almost, almost lose you. Almost bleeding out. I'm not like, doing ooh. that. I'm not doing that. And that's what took us five years between right. Jackson and Cairo. Right. But, and we were so in love with Jackson too that like yeah. everything Jackson did, we were like, oh, Jackson. Yeah. He's like the best thing ever, the best kid ever. Yeah. Um. So I did have a lot of that guilty feeling having another baby after Jackson, but girl, the love is there. I will say this though. Jackson came and I was like, Jackson is so perfect. I feel bad for whatever child comes after Jackson mm -hmm. because no ch child is going to be as perfect as Jackson. That's a fact. Then Cairo came mm -hmm. and was a different perfect type version. of perfection. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then right. after Cairo came and he was just this amazing little person, Kadeen got pregnant immediately after. And I was like, shoot, like, we're going to have two. And I was like, dang, look at how perfect Jackson is. Look at how perfect Cairo is. Mm -hmm. how, then we have a third. Different version of perfection. Yeah, literally. And now with Dakota, you would think this is my first baby we, child. We just sit in the, in the bed, be and like, just stare at him and smiling. I'm like, "What you smiling at?" She's like, "What you smiling at?" I'm like Dakota. And she's like, "I smile at Dakota too." And I said, "We like two damn fools." <laughs> I, I'm telling you, when it's your child, yes, it's just different forms of perfection, different combinations of you and your husband. So go for it, Mama. Do that thing. I think you should do it. Do yeah. it. Do it. Do it for sure. All right, I'll do the second one. Yo, love the show. Listening last week on the topic of pregnancy and communication, and it struck a nerve. I'm glad that y'all are enjoying this season. Mm -hmm. I dealt with a woman for almost eight years, and it's coming from a man, mm -hmm. I think. I always saw her as a good person to kick it with, but never got to the point of being in a relationship because she already had a kid and a bag and the baggage of our past. Mm -hmm. She got pregnant after a plan B failed and wouldn't consider an abortion despite us having a solid foundation slash relationship. I always wanted to be a good father and decided to try to make it work for the sake of my kid. Mm. I reluctantly traded in my bachelor lifestyle for being a stepdad to her daughter, which I adore, and a bitchy baby mama. Mm. She constantly complained and talked to me crazy, telling her my displeasure with our situation constantly ended up in fights. I finally told her I wasn't, it wasn't going to work and decided to move on. She'll never see that I tried or the effect of her attitude only that I didn't end up with her or my mistakes. Now that she's seen me with another woman, she's decided to keep my daughter away from me, which has now exceeded half of her life. I now have to file. I have now filed cut for custody, but I'm trying to resolve things with her in the meantime. Any suggestions? Uh, take it to court, bro. This, yeah. this, this, I am telling you right now, bro, if you cannot amicably, amicably split, with your significant other and still co-parent, you take the necessary steps to petition in court to see your daughter. Because the last thing you ever want is for that child to grow up and be resentful thinking her father didn't fight for her. Mm. Because that's the hardest thing for a child is to feel like someone didn't want her, didn't love her enough to fight and do everything to get power. her. Yeah. You know, like and and the truth of the matter is the court doesn't only work for women. Mm -hmm. There are, are plenty of men who have used the court system to get the rights of a parent. Mm -hmm. And as a father, you have rights as well. So I would say don't, you know, if you can't speak and things get nasty, don't do it that way. Keep every email, 
Keep every text message. Keep everything you have, every bit of communication you have with her. Go to court and get what is rightfully yours as a father. Because I tell you like this, if you don't, she will. Mm. And if she goes there first, more than likely, it ain't going to work out good in your favor, bro. Because the court system is not one for black men. Let's just be honest. The minute you walk into that's a court right. system, you are public enemy number one, whether that's for child support or any type of petty crime. But the minute they see you in a court system, they automatically assume that you're guilty as a black man. So you better off going and petitioning for your rights first. Done and done. That's how I feel about it. You sound like you're speaking from experience. Well, I mean, I have, I <laughs> no, have, but we have friends. We have friends who have, who have um, fought. Who have been fighting or been fighting. fighting. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I'm talking about good dudes who yeah. make money, who want to be fathers, but have dealt with you know, some bitter women because mm -hmm. it's it's not always a deadbeat dad. Mm -hmm. And then not for nothing, it's not always a bitter woman. Mm -hmm. But sometimes, sometimes you have these situations where personalities don't mix mm -hmm. and hurt people hurt people. Mm -hmm. So if you happen to be with a person who has been hurt in the past and now their sole purpose in life is to try to hurt you, mm -hmm. you can't, you won't be able to get through that person. That person needs therapy. That person needs help professionally yeah and rather than trying to reason with them and they get caught in a web of of deceit and lies and and miscommunication go through the court systems and get an attorney and and make sure the judge appoints you your rights mm -hmm. so that you can be the best version of a parent you can be for that child because that's all that matters Sounds good to me. All right, y'all. If you'd like to be featured as one of our listener letters, be sure to email us at deadassadvice at gmail.com. That's D-E-A-D-A-S-S-A-D-V-I-C-E at gmail.com. My moment of truth is simple. Ladies, if you feel something, say something. Mm. If you feel like something is off, say something. Do not wait. Do not try to be superwoman. It's better that you get checked, they tell you everything is okay, or they tell you it's not, and at least you know. There is no comfort in guessing when it comes to your health. Mm -hmm. And as much as we try to be there for everyone else and to be everything for everything, everyone else, those there's moments where you have to take a, a look at your own health and your own well-being first, because we cannot continue to pour from an empty cup. So that being said, if you feel something, say something. I'm going to piggyback off yours. Gentlemen, if you feel something is wrong with your significant other, your baby mother, your wife, your girlfriend, you say something. Don't wait for her to tell you. If you notice something is off, baby, let's just go run real quick and see a doctor. Mm -hmm. On top of that, if you know your baby mama don't want you to go to the Soul Train Awards because she needs you to stay here, <laughs> don't go. Because all she's going to do is pick a fight with you before you go to the awards, have you up until 3, 4 in the morning arguing, and you're going to be on the red carpet with eyes looking like mine. <laughs> you looked fabulous, actually, if I do say so. I appreciate you. Now about that suit. I got you. I got you. <laughs> Take it to the dry cleaners. You know, put it back on. We'll make a whole other night out of it. I got you. <laughs> All right, y'all. What's the end of this? I forgot. Sorry, I closed my laptop. I got it. Boom. Be sure to find us on social media at Deadass the Podcast. And you can find me, Kadeen I am. And I am Deval. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And make sure y'all share this season with some people who are looking to be pregnant, are pregnant, expecting parents, all that good stuff. Like, I appreciate y'all listening. Some good stuff. Deadass. Deadass. Deadass is a production of iHeartMedia Podcast Network and is produced by Denora Pena and Tribble. Follow the podcast on social media at Deadass the Podcast and never miss a thing. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you. And how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock. 
one at Flatiron Plaza in New York City, and one at Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. With giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it's a perfect time to try, like, and share black-led products. It's free for everyone, and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with black-led products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart. Trust, you don't want to miss it. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.